Something that I see a lot of entrepreneurs struggling with is that they tend to try to jump into a market or an industry where they really don't have very many resources to be able to leverage. What you should be doing is looking at your past history, your past connections, your, your skill sets that you already have established and figure out these leaping points where you might be able to jump into something completely new, but don't eliminate everything that you've learned in the past, right? You want to be able to capitalize on some of those resources and some of those assets that you've built over the years, whether those assets are relationships or knowledge or, or systems, whatever it might be, don't start from zero. Start from a place where you're bringing these resources forward. So as you're looking to be able to get into a new industry or take an inventory of where you've come from and how you might be able to utilize some of these skill sets moving forward. And some of that might even be bringing those skill sets to other people that might be in that industry and growing out from there. So that's a technique that I've used to be able to springboard from one industry to the next over the course of my 25-year entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so today we are going to be talking to B. Patel, who's actually a local friend of mine here in the Cleveland market. And B. has a long history in real estate. You're going to learn about the power of establishing a thesis, which you might think sounds rather boring, but is it, it's extremely strategic when you do it correctly. And B. has mastered that art. We get into all kinds of things today, but that's the main point that we're going to talk about is just how to go about planning that process out to make sure that your investment strategy is one that is going to move forward with you and be successful for the long term. If you are an accredited business owner who is looking to grow your net worth by investing into real estate, come over to investinsquarefeet.com and make sure to sign up for our investment club. We have some big, big projects and big, big things that we're going to be announcing very, very soon. So you don't want to miss that. All right. I think with that, let's go ahead and get after some learning here now. He's project management certified, a high aptitude person. And so the three of us came together as, as a firm um, right around 2017, 2018. And what we did was what I had done on a small scale, which was buy 20 unit, 30 unit, 10 unit apartment complexes and do a value add process. The three of us decided, okay, if we pull our brains and our individual expertise and come together, could we do this at scale? And so uh, we bought our first 105 units in Shaker Heights, Ohio in January of 2020, and then COVID hit. And then we learned a lot by doing again. Um, and so since then, we have purchased 1,400 units in, in, the, in and around Northeast Ohio. We're vertically integrated. So we have our own management company, our own construction services business, and our own um, entity where we uh, raise capital and form it. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's and that's great. our multifamily vertical. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And we'll get to this in a minute, but you also are, are branching out into hotels and that. Is that utilizing a lot of the same verticals that you already have established right now, or is that kind of a new entity, new goals, new initiative all on its own? 
Yeah, we, we do everything based on a thesis. Our hospitality vertical, the firm's called Spark GHC, and, and Spark came together back in 2017. I was introduced to a very young, innovative hotelier. His name is Amit Patel, and Amit grew up in the hotel motel business. Uh, he's done ground-up construction, big renovations, and, and definitely is a, a true operator. And so my banker actually introduced us and said, hey, I, you got to meet this guy. He thinks about technology the way you do. And I think at the time he was building a hotel where he was running electrical wiring in the parking lot to basically put electric charging stations in as oh, wow. a brand differentiator. And in 2017, that was very yeah, really, bullish. Yeah, That was very really... bullish. <laughs> then he was also running mesh network throughout the hotel. So he was putting access points in at each room, which now is like common, but back then it was like, whoa, you don't need that much bandwidth. What are you going to do with all of it? Right. So, you know, Amit and I had met, he, he always had a vision to start his own hotel fund. At the time, you know, when we first started talking, I thought uh, in the hospitality space, there wasn't enough appreciation. And, and our multifamily model is workforce housing, value add, we appreciate the value of the asset. Well, that was difficult on the hospitality side. About a year and a half ago, um, we, we found ourselves at um, a, a hotel conference where we saw this tremendous dichotomy occurring, right? Where there were f few high level macro events that had occurred in the industry. One is uh, about 60% of all select service brands are Indian owned in this country. Um, and, and a lot of those individuals are baby boomers and are retiring. Um, majority of the hotel brands had deferred their property improvement plans through the pandemic. And then finally, um, the interest rate environment was about to go northward, right? And that was all of all those things happening. Well, we felt like if we could come in and buy hotels at a distressed value or a discount, do the value add, that the market would catch up to us, right? And I think that was the initial thought process around the thesis. And then it's been timed very well. Uh, we've been very fortunate. Every day we, we solve for debt, but we're buying Hampton Inns, Holiday Inn Expresses, Day Bridges, uh, Homewoods, Hilton Gardens. And we started in Ohio. Uh, we have about 60 million in assets in Ohio that we've purchased over the last eight months. And at present, we're purchasing uh, two hotels in Syracuse, New York. Um, and, and then that closing is next month. So we, you know, we've gotten good traction and we have several other deals in the pipeline. So we just yeah. timing wise, it was great. How do you go about um, identifying your thesis focus and then putting that together? I'm, I'm just curious, like, here's the idea. How, how are we going to prove this out before? Maybe you just prove it out by going and doing it and seeing how well it works. Or if there's things that you're weighing and testing along the way to be able to you know, yeah. move forward with it. No, that's a great question. Oh, it, there's a lot of thought process in, in forming a thesis because it has to hold true. So one of the first things we do is, is put together a 10-year projection and, and a bull bear base case. So if we say, all right, we're going to buy 100 hotel keys, what is the acquisition price? What is the top line revenue? What are the operating expenses? And then we stress those with various market conditions, increasing the revenue by 30%, um, decreasing expenses in a bull case, right? In a bear case, we'll do the inverse where we'll, you know, take the expenses up by 30%, drop the revenue by 20, 30, 40%. It's like, can it still service the debt? Can it still make a preferred dividend, right? All of these different variables. And so 
we do extensive testing. Um, we have very good advisors and investors and partners from legal to accounting. We check and we, we look at macro trends in the market. Um, we talk to all of our broker relationships. Then we get on the horn with every lender, institutional life companies, debt funds, uh, community banks, right? Um, everybody that we work with and we say, here's what we're thinking. What are you seeing in the market, right? And then we try to find those opportunities that are niche and then go after them, pursue them. And then it's a lot of failing, right? Mm -hmm. But once, once it gets dialed in and it hits, as long as your macro thesis is being tested, like, hey, we won't pay this much more than this much a door. Hey, the rents or the revenue has to be within this much, right? And as long as you stay true to it, what it does is it allows you to buy in different market cycles. That's yeah, that's interesting where you're approaching it that way. You know, the way that we've the way that we've always done it um, is we will we'll take it on a case by case basis, by market basis. Can we make that asset work given whatever the market dynamics are? And you're kind of setting up that that the the variables that you're trying to fit into no matter where it's at is that would that be accurate so it's accurate for hospitality it's not accurate for multifamily multifamily is very specific like we don't own anything outside of northeast ohio it's not that we don't want to we just can't make it work um mm -hmm. our our ability to manage outside is difficult like we're not there yet right and then one day hopefully we'll expand to columbus cincinnati indianapolis pittsburgh maybe even regional beyond that, right? But for the near future, no. Hospitality, a lot of thought process gets um, done up front. So for example, the franchise. Before they give a flag, there's usually a, a very in-depth visibility study that's been conducted on demographics, on location, on how many cars drive by it, what are the demand drivers, right? And then second of all, um, the granular reporting that is found in hospitality is very high. Uh, star reports, you know, you get competitive sets, you get to dial in per room night, you get to see demand drivers, you get to see who the market leader is. I mean, you, data is abundant. And so you can really dive into it and, and, and kind of zone in on your niche. And then a lot of, um, a lot of new product coming to market has stopped because of the pandemic, right? Uh, uh, anybody that had plans of building hotels has stopped. And then with increasing interest rates, the construction costs have gone extremely high. So that, that provides another buffer. So if you have an older property that you can renovate right now, well, now you can be best in class instead of worrying about the brand new Hilton that was just built down the street, right? And also lending has become so conservative. So most lenders are apprehensive leading to hospitality. But if you look at the sectors, multifamily and flex industrial have done the best, followed by storage. Right. And then you have hospitality right there. Hospitality has done well. ADRs have gone up. Occupancies have gone up. You were talking about the, the hotel industry and being able to improve it, you know, force that appreciation right now. Does it work the same way where you essentially would compare what the place down the road is renting on a per night basis? And then like you're still looking at the same levers where, you know, you got to increase the occupancy and you know, is there something that we can add or maybe they're building an amusement park down the road or some other attraction? Like you're, you're looking for all those things. Yeah, we call those demand drivers. And I'll give an example, our Syracuse acquisition, right? Um, we're 10 minutes away from Syracuse University. Uh, we're near Carrier Circle there. So we're near a lot of manufacturing distribution companies there. 
Um, and then we're 10 minutes away from where the Micron, distri- uh, Micron Semiconductor Facility is being built. 20 billion to start with, with 100 billion in the city the size of Akron, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you can get into that asset now, you, you, all the construction workers, all the ancillary businesses that have to come because of that facility now are demand drivers. So what we're looking for is like, can we complete a minimum property improvement plan and come to market quickly and take advantage of that growth that's projected, right? And also, you know, we look at competitive sets. So we're buying a Hilton Garden and a Homewood. A Homewood is an extended stay. So we would comp that against other like extended stays in that select service brand. And then on our side, you know, we would also look at the Hilton Garden as your transient hotel, right? One, two, three, five nights. And then we'd comp it and, and see what the competition is and then go after, you know, high ADRs, average daily rates. Can we push those? Then you don't have to have that, that much occupancy. If you have higher occupancy, you don't have to have a higher ADR, right? So that, that's the asset management side of it. Yeah. And just going back to, you, you mentioned like the markets that you're in currently and maybe, you know, eventually moving a little bit further south in Ohio. I, I feel like our area of the country typically gets a, a bad rap when it comes to looking at multifamily uh, and that, you know, everybody wants to go down to the Sunbelt states. Yeah. I'm just curious your perspective on why you guys are, are so focused on this area of the country. And I, I don't, do you have any plans of maybe not ever going down South or is that not right now, maybe in the future sometime type situation? Yeah, never say never, right? Yeah. Uh, but like for us, Ohio is a big part of our thesis. We, we genuinely believe in this marketplace. So at a 10,000 feet view, um, we see in 2025, 60% or so of our power generation shifting to natural gas. Um, and that's, that's predominantly around this area, right? Um, a nine hour circle of Ohio gives you about 70% of the population in the United States, right? Nine to 10 hours. So Atlanta, New York, Toronto, and, and, and Chicago. And so, you know, when we look at macroeconomics and we think about reshoring, we think about the revival of the EV industry, the revival of the polymer industry, Ohio is perfectly positioned to take advantage of that. Um, The other day I was having an in-depth conversation with an economist on, um, you know, the battery belt or like how that's being built out because battery production is going to be such a strategic thing for a lot of these EV manufacturers and Ohio is garnering Ford. LG, uh, General Motors, Honda, all are looking at plants in this state, right? So we're big believers in that. Um, Also, Ohio's seventh largest by population. Uh, Where we see multifamily value is, you know, we have approximately $60,000 as our median income. Um, National average is around $70,000. You know, we look at six counties around Cleveland, the average rents are a thousand. So if we do the sixty thousand dollar equation, we believe thirty percent should be spent on rent. It gives us about a fifteen hundred dollar ceiling. So we we're still believers that we even haven't we have not hit the median income. Now, if you look at the national rent average, you're around two thousand dollars. So at seventy thousand median income, the average national rent should be closer to seventeen hundred. So we believe that you're going to see contraction at the national level, but we're still going to see increment expansion here. And that's where workforce housing and value add still rings true. Because if you can improve the product, the consumer in our market is making more money year over year, right? We're seeing three to 4% appreciation 
we we see um, incomes closer to seventy thousand per household in Ohio by twenty thirty than we do to sixty. So that's why for us Ohio is is kind of the place to be and and why we believe in it long term. Yeah, and you've mentioned the the network that you've been able to develop as well, and just talking the various different micro macro economic trends in the area. You also are very much so involved uh, in NOAA and getting more involved in other organizations as well. Talk a, a little bit about the importance that you see in being involved in those types of organizations. And I, I want to say this is across the board, not necessarily sure. just for multifamily or anything like that, but when there's organizations like this in your industry, some of the value that those types of programs can present for you from a professional level? Yeah. So the Northern Ohio Apartment Association, uh, we sit on the executive committee there. Um, I'm the treasurer for the Apartment Association. And again, this is a tremendous resource. There's 250,000 apartments in, in inside of the association. And you have all the vendors there, management companies, everybody from Sherwin-Williams to Home Depot to Lowe's, IGS Energy, all of these groups participate. So one, it's about adding value. What we do is, is we try to comprehend what the greater need is for all landlords um, in this market. And then we advocate on behalf of that. Second, we try to understand, you know, how do we work together with other owners and operators to help streamline processes and things like that and, and understand how do we purchase in bulk, right? We purchase all of our energy through NOAA and IGS. I think that's a big value add for us. So I think participating, giving time to those organizations, it's great at connecting you. Another thing would be a lot of the owners are baby boomers, right? That own all these apartment complexes. They're retiring. So getting to know them early on before they make their decision to sell, it's beneficial, right? So when we have when they decide that it's time to sell, they already know who we are. Yeah. Do you have anything that you are excited about that you guys are working on? You know, besides the apartment or the uh, hotel side of things, are there are there other things, other irons in the fire that you have that you're you know wanting to to chat about or or talk about at all? Yeah. No. Right now, we're very much focused on our multifamily vertical and our hospitality vertical. Um, there are things that we're working on always behind the scenes. You know, we. We believe in the revival of, of, of the state and the polymer industry, the manufacturing reshoring. So we will have other things down the road, but you know, nothing uh, to discuss yet. You know, like I said, we do a very much a deep dive into forming a thesis before we bring something to market, right? And we want to make sure that we have invested in it. We have tested it. It's true. Uh, it tests very true. And then also we look at macroeconomic conditions to see if it's a favorable time. We're very much focused on getting the right idea at the right time. So we always pay attention to that. Yeah. And typically, how long does it take to vet these theses out? How, how long does it take for you to identify them and then work yeah. through that process where we say, yeah, okay, something is a winner here? I mean, like, think about it. We bought our first asset. I bought my first asset in 2005, right? Yeah. And then from 2005 to 2014, I literally bought one or two. So it took a long time. And then 2014 bought one, you know, got up to four or five acquisition by 2019. And then 2019, it really came together. And then we bought 1400 units. So like mm -hmm. it, it takes certain, a decent amount of time on the hospitality side. It's more of a compressed timeline. We, there, there are a lot of things that we're not reinventing the wheel on. Like how do we 
structure limited partnership documents? How do we work with attorneys to structure the fund itself? How do we form capital? Like, what does our modeling look like? All of those things were done. So it, it gives you a quicker time to bring something to market, but there is no fixed time. It, it, you just chop wood at it, as we say, and, and, and you, you try to refine it. And once it's ready, it's ready. And if it's not ever ready, it stays on the workshop floor. Yeah, yeah. If you want to learn more about B, uh, he's given us some resources to be able to reach out and connect with him. Uh, his LinkedIn is one of the things that he's most active in, and that is B-H-A-V-I-N Patel. P-A-T-E-L. So again, B-H-A-V-I-N-P-A-T-E-L. So just go ahead and do a search and reach out to him there. His company names, he's got a couple of them here. One of the company names is Green Harvest Capital, and the other company is Spark GHC. And they're available on all of the different social media platforms, as well as uh, Googling their websites. And as always, if you are an accredited business owner, please don't forget to head over to Invest in Square Feet and sign up for our deal days. We have some big, big announcements that are coming very, very soon that uh, we are very excited about all of the potential possibilities. And remember, our goal is to create a billion dollars worth of passive income so that our investors are able to go out and create a ripple effect and impact the world in their own way. Thank you.